Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're glad you're with us for the next couple of hours as we've got a lot of ground to cover today, a lot of football, baseball uh, coming up. Here's the BMW of Des Moines guest list. Tuesday, we try to devote at least a half hour of the program to uh, recapping what we saw 48 hours ago or so in the NFL. Uh, today will be no different. Dave Sinekin, who covers the Packers at the head cheese.com we'll talk uh, to dave about the nfc north leader the packers at 10 30 nick athen primetimesportstalk.com on the chiefs who ended their losing streak knocking off the eagles and have a massive game coming up sunday night football from arrowhead stadium when the buffalo bills invade uh, arrowhead nick athen at uh, 1045. At 11.05, Matt Snyder, who helps us out with baseball throughout the regular season on a weekly basis. He will be here to preview what the two wild cards and take a look at the playoffs uh, overall. Looking forward to that baseball conversation with Matt at 11.05. And then we're going to head west to the desert. There's a new player in town. Uh, Circus Sports has been granted their Iowa license. I believe they plan to launch here at the end of the week, but Mike Palm, a native of the state of Iowa, a Dubuque guy, right? Dubuque, where he was born and raised, went to school at Notre Dame. We'll have to bring that up. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get Mike Palm in here uh, as the license has been granted. By the way, Circa yesterday, and this was given an incredible award, the North American Property, North American Property of the Year at the Global Gaming Awards. The um, there's a massive. Oh, maybe this is too much into the weeds. This is a huge convention week uh, in in Las Vegas this week. It's called G2E. It is where the gaming companies all converge on Las Vegas mm-hmm. and display their the future of what they hope will be their slot machines. Their oh, okay. electronic machines, new forms of gaming, um, and there are hundreds of thousands of people, eh, maybe not 200,000, over 100,000 people uh, normally make it to this event. I know Prairie Meadows sends a whole bunch of people there. I mean, mm-hmm. they all do. I've uh, been a part of it, uh, I think, two or three times. It's it's huge. So that's a prestigious award from them. Uh, but Circus Sports, we'll talk to them at the bottom of the second hour of the program. Mike Palm is going to join us. What are the Iowa plans? How did they do this weekend? And they're coming to Iowa uh, here potentially by the end of the week. A lot of football to cover, NFL, college, even some high school, a couple of high school stories uh, in the news. Uh, Monday Night Football was great when they finally got the game going. It was, uh, what, about a 30-minute delay? How uh, do you have a delay? Well, there's no. it's not enclosed. See, that's what people don't yeah. realize. It's like a... I haven't seen it in person, but uh, it's like a canvas over the field. Mm-hmm. But the ends are wide open. Aha. Uh-huh. And so that's how. It's the lightning they were scared of, right? It's not like, you know, you're in the Metrodome right. or one of those old buildings that, um, yeah, if there's lightning outside, who cares? Go on with it. Uh, but that was, a, John Gruden asked the same question when he was told on the sidelines, how the hell do you stop a game with a roof over our heads? Uh, anyways, a good football game. I think the Chargers, Trent. It's the Chargers. Slow down. I know. Slow down. I think they've got the right guy at the helm. That helps. I like this daily. I love the quarterback. Um, the Chiefs look as though there's maybe, maybe not as a foregone conclusion as some thought that they would be. Um, Drew Locke's the quarterback of the Broncos, which certainly can't hurt the Chargers right. or the Chiefs. 
you know what I want to talk about? Let, let's. I want to talk about that just for a second. Not Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. I was, for the first time in a long time, I know you had a little tiff yesterday with your head coach <laughs> of your NFL team, and rightly so, Matt Nagy. I've got one with mine. I was embarrassed to be a Bronco fan yesterday. Vic Fangio coming out. Uh, look, I get it if it was in the heat of the moment, but the next day to come back with that same take. And what I'm referring to is the Ravens were on the cusp of setting an NFL record, 43 straight games with 100 yards of rushing. Well, after their final possession, they had 97 yards. But they gave Denver the ball back with time for Drew Locke to make another mistake. And, of course, that's what he's going to do. He's going to throw to the team in the wrong jersey, which he did. So Baltimore gets the ball back. The game is decided. Mm Mm-hmm. 99.9% 99.9% of the time, you take a knee. Right. Game's over. Baltimore realized that they've got another opportunity to set the franchise, to, set an, to tie an NFL record. So instead of taking a knee, Lamar Jackson ran the ball five yards and fell down. Record survives. It's now tied. It's alive going into the next weekend. Fangio, if you've seen the video, he takes off his headset and throws it on the ground. He's an old school guy, and I'm rooting for him. I like when old guys get an opportunity. (laughs) I do, and I hope he keeps this gig. But then to come out yesterday, I thought he made a fool of himself. I did. I thought that it was an embarrassment um, that he is going after the Ravens for a team record. Move on. You play the Steelers this week, Vic. There's a lot of layers to this because normally when we hear about teams running it up, I was a Spurrier guy. I love Steve Spurrier. And I loved his response. Don't like it, get better. Right. And in many ways, I believe in that. But this is such a ambiguous record. Who knew about this record? Well, the Ravens, Ravens, apparently. Right. Go, but going into <laughs> well, the game. Well, you know what? And apparently the Broncos did, too, because that was at the, behind all of this, because Fangio was pissed, and some of the defensive players were pissed. But are Ravens people going to be big fan? I'm going to be bouncing my grandkids on my knee, talking about the time that they had 43 consecutive 100-yard that, that, no, no they're, not gonna, they're not going to sell shirts with the, with, with the record on it or yeah, anything 44. Like but yeah. it meant a lot in their locker room, apparently. Mm-hmm. I just, you know what, Vic? Stop him. It, 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 again, it was, on Sunday he was pissed. All right, you just lost the football game and your quarterback is concussed. And like, like your fan base, you probably are the same way, knowing that it's now back to the Drew Locke era again in Denver. But I just, you know what? Just get past it. Move on. Move on. Don't embarrass yourself or the franchise. But is there something deeper here? Because with, with him and Harbaugh, you mean? Because he worked for Harbaugh. Yeah, for a long time. Is there something else that's leading to this? Because well, his quote, wasn't there something yes, at the he end? he said that's what the Ravens do. We, should, we knew yes. that this is the type of franchise. We're paraphrasing here. Type of franchise they were. So I think that also says a lot about it. Maybe. This isn't really even a Broncos thing. This is a Vic, Vic Fangio thing. That's what this is Maybe, about. Maybe, yeah. This goes But he's deeper. saying it on behalf of the fam, or the team that I root for and is the head of that team. Anyways, it's not a big deal for, I don't think, just get past it. If it comes up today, now it's a problem. Right. Now, it's not as big a problem as another NFL coach has, and that's Urban Meyer, who just continues to make this worse by lying. Apparently, the grandkids that he, that he stuck around to have dinner with, mm-hmm. they were at his house in Jacksonville with his wife. Are you sure? Well, that's a story I read this morning. Okay. Now, I don't know. Maybe there's two sets of grandkids. I don't know that. Yeah. But regardless of what happened, look, guys in bars, you're an NFL head coach. You have to be smarter than that. This isn't like a guy that, or a gal, you know, who's crossing the line in their marriage. Right. That happens a million times. 
But this is a guy that stuck around and didn't fly home with the winless football team on Thursday. And now he's lying and he's getting caught and there's more videos coming up or coming out and it makes it look bad. And he doesn't want to be there and he's not an NFL coach. He's a college coach and the USC job is open. Maybe this is going to work out well for all parties involved. So I just heard bits and pieces of this story. I haven't dug in. The way that I understood it is his wife was there with him at the game and they were visiting the family in Ohio. And that's why he stayed behind. And he did. He did hang out with the grandkids. They went out to dinner. Wife said, go ahead. Go out. I think that story has changed. That's changed. Okay. Yes. So that was the initial one that I right. read about it. The story has taken another turn. So she was not there. It was not. And vi- she tweeted out, oh, not boys will be boys, but you got to, I don't know what it was. No. Anyway, this, the I think the bottom line of the story. And it's not like he was gyrating on the girl. No. The girl's rubbing up against him. Right. But there is not one that. Did you want him to shove her out of the way? Well, there is one that he is using his hand. Okay. Apparently not in a shoving motion. Right. Again, you're an NFL coach. If if you work at Wells Fargo and you do this, yeah. well, I don't always pick on Wells Fargo. I don't know. Uh, if you pick it's on it's the easiest place. If, to if do. you put on, yeah, pick on Acme Business. Yes, there's uh, thousands of pe- employees of Wells. Yeah, I don't mean to pick on them. No, um, or principal or whoever. A- ABC else. Plumbing. <laughs> there's probably an ABC. There plumbing. probably is. Yeah. Uh, First in the phone book. Get my point. So that's that. That's going on now. Locally on the high school front, a couple of coaches. One that was made public, one that we're about to make public. Um, we know the Seidel story mm-hmm. with is it, uh, uh, Coach Stubbs. Is it Austin Stubbs? Austin Stubbs, yep. Who apparently one of the coaches believe one of the members of the team stole $100 from him, mm-hmm. right? This is on KCCI.com. And apparently the coaching staff decided as a form of punishment or maybe to get the other kids to rat on the player that took the money. They were going to make them run, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran. And the injured players who couldn't run were instructed to hold a 20-pound bag of, I don't know what it was, over their heads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then during this at some point, this is, a sto- this is a part of the story that I don't understand as an old guy. Um, they started to call their parents, so they brought their phones to practice. It could have been an injured player. That was over on the sidelines. Yeah, it could have been, I yeah. guess. But the players started reaching out. Look, I, I get. I don't want to hear that, well, when I play, blah. You don't play anymore, right? We don't play anymore. Mm-hmm. It's 2021. It's not, the, it's not 1978 or 1986 or whenever you played. Things have changed. And for the better or the worse, you can decide that for yourselves. But things have changed. And this is um, something that got this guy in hot water. Now, there's also another story of a coach that has been suspended. Um, and that's Rick Nelson at Ankeny with the Ankeny Hawks. Oh. Apparently, he has been suspended um, from school. And I don't know if he's going to coach this week. Who does Ankeny play this week? Uh, they play Des Moines North. He won't coach this week, I would guess. Yeah. Because it's not, I mean, they should, right? Doesn't yeah. I could coach and they would beat uh, North this week. But apparently, he said something that crossed the line. And there's been a suspension come out with the defending champions, defending state right. champion, who are a top they're a top ten team. Yeah, they are. Yeah, lost last week to Valley. Great game. Came mm-hmm. down to the wire. Had the oh, you had the game. Him. Yeah, and he was there. He was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see if he's on the sidelines. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It's the calendar middle of the middle of season into October. But we will see where that one ends up and how long it's going to be. If indeed there's going to be a lengthy suspension for either one of those cases with Stubbs or with Nelson. Uh, but um, you're up to date football. Wow, quite a. 
day here of high school football in a couple yeah, of suspensions. Yeah, it's, 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 it kind of is, right? Yeah. Now, Seydell's uh, doesn't have, they, they They usually struggle, yes, right? Yes, yeah. Pretty much year in and year out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a big deal if they win a couple games in football. And not a whole lot of sports that they've been really good at. Yeah. What, where, what constitutes even that school district? I mean, I kind of know the general area. Yeah, there can't be a lot of kids when you take no. a look at that general area. Now, how far do they bus in from? Another good question. I just don't have any idea. It just feels like, I mean, so many of those people south of Ankeny right. just go up to Ankeny, I would right? think, yeah. It's not a huge district. It's never real big mm-hmm. by any means. So, yeah, I don't even know the neighborhoods that constitute. I've been in the area. I've driven by the high school. I mean, I worked hundreds in the area. That's where right? the jock was in the, <laughs> right. at, the, at the end. So, all those things, but yeah, I just just been a high school that's never kind of broke mm-hmm. through there mm-hmm. weird one though and and you're right because with that yeah i remember doing that i remember we had a kid that quote unquote ran away after we were mean to him on the bus on a bus ride home from a baseball game and we got brought in nobody said anything yeah and we started running right and then we came back to the bleachers and we talked again well and and apparently the uh the authorities showed up at practice. The I guess deputies is it Polk County deputies in that part? Isn't there a Polk County compound right across the street from Saint Yes, Yeah, there is. Right, right. Yeah, is that the jail? I think it is. I don't know. You know better than me. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think because I drove by it every day on the right. way to the jock. Yeah, I've I've seen the the cruisers come yeah, out there from time to time. Right? I don't know if that's what the jail is. There's also a bail bondsman out there. Pretty smart, isn't it? That is good. That is pretty smart. I didn't know that. If I try and get some advertising from them, knock on the door, hey, Trent Condon. Right. It's not a bad idea. (laughs) High school sports package. In this case, you know what? Maybe it would make some sense. Yeah, there's a little compatico there. Interesting. Uh, Wild card tonight. And J.D. Martinez out. Yeah, that's a blow because this is a a guy that does some damage offensively. Mm -hmm. So he was going to DH, right? Yeah. Does that mean Schwarber gets the gig? I would think so, yeah. Right? Yeah. Which is good. I, I mean, I like it there. for yeah. that reason. Does, isn't this pretty simple, though? If Evaldi's good, the Red Sox are going to win. And if he's not because their bullpen is just mm-hmm. bad, that this is going to be Who do you Yankees. want to win? Do you care? Well, you care because you'll bet the game. But if you weren't betting the game, would you care? I hate to say this because I hate the Yankees. But I want the Yankees there. Yeah. It just it adds even more juice. Mm-hmm. Those to pinstripes, it. Yankee yeah. Stadium, all the championships. And the Red Sox are a great organization in their own right. Right. Certainly over the last two no, decades. Listen, they've ruled a lot the more winning. Absolutely. Than the Yankees have. But they're just something about the uh-huh. Yankees that yeah, want to see them there. Yeah. It's easy it's easier to talk about. What are we more likely to even spend five minutes on the next day after a DS game? Raise Red Sox or raise <laughs> Yankees? Raise Yankees. I think it is too. I think it's any. So for that reason, selfishly, mm-hmm. for us and for the conversation and and to be able to sneak in a little baseball here during football season, it's the Yankees. What's the World Series that uh, that Fox is dreading? Tampa and who? Tampa, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Right. I think yeah. that's probably the answer. They want the Dodgers to take the Giants. Um, By far the smallest market, right? Yeah, Yeah. I'm the Canadian on the show. You should, I should be deferring to you. Well, San Francisco, I think, is like number five. L.A. obviously number Mm -hmm. two. Atlanta's in the top ten. Yeah, that's pretty easy. Mm -hmm. It is easily Boo Brewers. Go anybody else? I I get the. uh, We're talking a lot about the brand in the American League. Got a couple brands playing tomorrow night too. Right. Yeah. Right. Cardinals and Dodgers got a chance to be. 
Well, I hope it's got a chance to be really good. It's a big number. Did you see the number? Do you do you, do you give the Cardinals a chance? I give them a chance, sure, because it's Wainwright. But uh-huh. overall, I already bet the Dodgers. I bet them at minus two ten. It's up to minus two forty. Well, and what's the Muncie story? Because he got hurt on this weekend. He did. It didn't sound like he is going to play in this one and probably out for the DS, which that's significant. Max he was Muncy's really good. had a hell of a year. He's at the. He's certainly in the top seven. For MVP consideration, mm-hmm. yep. you got to look at all the injuries yep. that the Dodgers had, and he—he's mm-hmm. a guy that he's was there and constant. kept him afloat. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a season that has not been constant for them as it pertains to having everybody out there every single time. So that's a blow, but it's still the Dodgers. Just look at that roster; I it know. is nuts. I know. And they just go out and they trade for <laughs> Trey Turner, who <laughs> and Max Scherzer and Turner. baseball hits, and their wild card pitcher mm-hmm. is Max Scherzer, who. Might win the Cy Young. And probably will sign there again. And Clayton Kershaw may have reached the end, unfortunately, for him as he's not going to pitch in the playoffs and may not pitch again in major leagues uh, as he's got a long rehab ahead of him. And he's, what, 34? 34 years old. Uh, surefire Hall of Famer. No doubt about that. He is um, going to walk away from the game and walk right into Canton because you can make the case he was the most dominant pitcher of his era. I love Scherzer. Uh, I love Scherzer. So you you are you taking the Dodgers to win it all? I think so. Are you? You're not going to get a great price. No, I think that no, they're the favorites. Right. I mean, in at three to one, and then who's who's second? Giants second choice, and then Astros. Nah, is it the Astros of the third choice? I have to. Yeah, they were up there. I was surprised to see them that high. Above the Yanks or the or yes. the Rays or the Sox. Yes, I know they're ahead of both of those because they got mm-hmm. the one game just to, quote-unquote, get there. So that's a big part of it, too. All right, here we go. MLB Futures. Soon we'll be using Circa odds. Yes, we will. Right around the corner Thursday. All right, here it is. Dodgers plus 390 at DraftKings. The second choice is the Astros. Second choice is the Astros. Plus 450. White Sox and Giants, both 7-1. to one. Right behind them, the Rays at plus 750. Isn't that worth a, worth a dabble? Well, where are the Brewers? Because I bet them at plus 750. They're also I could have waited. 750. Oh. Also plus 750 with the Rays. Yankees 11 to 1. Braves 11 to 1. Red Sox 16 to 1. And the Cards 22 to 1. Okay, let me get this straight. Yeah. The Yankees are 11 to 1. Mm hmm. What, what, what's, what's the concern there? The bullpen? Yes. Back end. Mm hmm. Depth of the starting rotation. You got you got to use Cole on Wednesday night, so he can't pitch. Best pitch case, one you're game. only going to get one game one out of him in the DS. Yep. So that's I guess the reasoning behind mm-hmm. it. Then you get to a CS, and mm-hmm. you get two games out of Garrett mm-hmm. Cole. Eleven to one. It's juicy. That is uh, that's an interesting proposition play there. Um, or you could do the old school way if you like somebody a little bit deeper, and you do your own quote unquote parlay. Yes. So, is that what you would do when you get to? Because there's a lot of sharps that yes. will not play right now. They won't bet a team to win the World Series. They'll parlay them in the divisional and in the championship and in the World Series, and ultimately get a bigger payout. It's called a rolling parlay, is the term for it. So, let's say you like the Dodgers, and you bet them obviously in the wild card game minus two forty, what it is right now. So you're you're going to put a hundred bucks on it at plus three ninety. So that would be a return of $490 if you do that. And they win that game. So you take your 100 bucks plus the, what, 40 bucks that you get on it. So you got 140 Then you put 140 on them in the DS. And you put that money Whatever on them in the back. CS. Yeah. And then you put them to win the World Series mm-hmm. against whoever they're playing. Mm-hmm. And you do that 
you're going to get a bigger return than you would just betting a future. And that's really for all these. You go through and you do the math on any single one of these. Ultimately, when certainly when you get to the playoffs of any sport, doing a rolling parlay as opposed to just betting a future, you're going to get more bang for your buck. You're going to ultimately make more money if you do it that direction, but you got to bet every single time. Right. And, boy, you've won your first three, and you get to the World Series, like, eh, I've already made a profit. I'm probably good. Nah, let it ride. Yeah, I know. Let it ride. It's, it's, but uh, you're right. That's the way most sharps, if they're going mm-hmm. to bet a future, they don't actually bet a future. They do this rolling parlay. Not as fun though. No, you just have that one ticket. Yeah, you know? see, I'm, I'm, I love the futures. I bet the uh, I made. I gotta quit betting teams to win the Super Bowl. We got like twenty now. I'm, I think I like. I think I got six or seven, maybe eight. So I bet the I bet the Cowboys yesterday to you, win the Super Bowl. You did. What'd you get them at? Twenty to one. Okay. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't either. What about the Chargers at twenty no, to one? It's the Chargers. I love Staley. I like this coach. I like this quarterback. Yes. Uh, I like the running back, Eckler. What, where did he come from? How did he get so untackleable? Is that a word? You can't get the dude on the ground. He's incredible. Oh, my God, he's a weapon. Um, Keenan Allen's a weapon. Mm-hmm. Williams is a weapon. Bose is a weapon. James is a weapon. They're a good team. They are a good team. Now, they shoot themselves in the foot more than any team in recent history. I get that kind of tap the brakes a little bit. They're a good football team. Can they win the West? Sure. I agree. But win the whole thing? There's just too much scar tissue for me with that team. Too many bad memories. Mm-hmm. Too many playoff gaffes. Just games that they should win that they don't get there. That So do you, do you not like the Bills because of those back-to-back-to-back Super no, Bowl that's, losses? No, that's different. I, that's just different circumstances. Because I mean, they weren't there for 20 years. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they've been reincarnated here. Well, how about that? Bills at the current price or Chargers at the current price? Who would you rather bet? Well, I've got this. I've got the Bills at fifteen to one, which is a lot lower now. You had to bet it right now. Today. Well, you know what I did? I got a boost. They were twelve to one, and I oh, and okay. I got a a boost to fifteen to one uh, before the season started. Let's see the Bills. Got to be the second, third. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna let me try and get. It. All right. I still think the Chiefs are the are the betting favorite. They're not. They're not. It's not the Rams after last week. Nope. It shouldn't be the Cardinals because people are mm-hmm. slow to gravitate to the Cardinals. It's the um, it, it, it's not the, the Rams got pasted. Mm-hmm. Um, not the Bills. They played Sunday night. They played Sunday night. Yeah, really. It was one of the biggest games ever. Really, Tampa's still favored. Still the favorite at five to one. Chiefs second choice. They're six to one. Then the Bills plus seven fifty, Rams at eight to one, followed by the Ravens at twelve to one. I don't see. That. I don't see the Ravens. Packers also twelve to one, Browns fourteen, and then you finally get to the only undefeated left, the Cardinals sixteen to one. So what's their what's what's the wart with the, with them? Why why don't we like the Cardinals? Kyler Murray's five foot nine. Kyler Murray's playing like an MVP. He did this in the first half last year too, mm-hmm. and then he got banged up, mm-hmm. and then they completely fell apart. That's why. Can he be healthy for a 17-game schedule? That's a, that's a great the question. That's a, that's a fair criticism. And after last year, mm-hmm. that would be the one. Your Chargers also with the Cowboys at 20-1, to 1, though. So right now, those two teams we mentioned, the Bills currently plus 750, or the Chargers 20-1, to 1, who would you rather put a C-note on? If I didn't have the Bills you already bet? Yep, yep. Don't have anything currently. You had to make one bet right now. It's your $100, and you need that money in February. 
I you have to have it. I, I would bet the Chargers. You would. I think I would. Give me the Bills at plus 750. If I had to get that bet in, I'm still going with the Bills. Yeah, I like both coaches. And I didn't believe in this. I thought there was going to be regression from the Bills last year. And the defense had some shaky spots. Trent, the Steelers beat them in week one. Yeah, and that's where I was like, oh, yep, got that one right. right. And now what we've seen the last three weeks, dead wrong. How did the Steelers beat them in week one? You've that seen was a goofy game. Remember I told you I watched a lot of that game. Well, and it was like, wasn't it 10 nothing at halftime for Buffalo? And they should have been up 28 nothing. It was hideous. Like Pittsburgh's been. We had the block punt. You just There was a lot of goofiness in the game. You don't get in a normal NFL game. That's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Play that game this weekend. Neutral field. Oh, God. Bills favored by 11 and a half. Yeah. Roethlisberger's not going to finish the season as no. a starter, I don't think. And I'm going to cash my bet. Here's a prop for you. Urban Meyer, Ben Roethlisberger. Who lasts longer? Right. Ben, because I think Urban Meyer could be out in a couple of days. <laughs> not going well. Uh, we're talk more NFL. Dave Sinekin, the team that he covers, is going well. Uh, they beat the Steelers this week. The Packers, although they've got a major, major injury. We'll talk about that uh, coming up. Uh, Nick Athen on the Chiefs, Matt Snyder on baseball, and Mike Palm from Circus Sports. They are coming to the state of Iowa. Uh, by the end of the week, you'll be able to download the Circa app. Um, as they're trying to, this will be the third state, Colorado, Nevada, mm-hmm. and then Iowa. Pretty good company. So far, so far. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO and 106.com. Back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Hi, right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Uh, Nick Athen coming up on the Chiefs right now is the headcheese.com. He's Dave Sinekin. He's uh, Green Bay Packers, the team he roots for and covers at the headcheese.com and talks about every Sunday morning on KFAN. Now in year 26 on the Vikings flagship, uh, he joins us. They lead the North after uh, getting blown out in week number one. They have righted the ship. Hello, Dave Sinekin, Trenton Ken. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Morning, boys. Uh, three and one at the quarter pole. Feeling pretty good. Indeed, you are. Now there is a little bit of, I guess, concerning news, and that is with you know one of the top corners in the game, and Jair Alexander, who was really, um, you know, for those folks that hadn't put him in that uh, group of elite cornerbacks, um, were having their eyes open by the start that he had had. And now there's some concern he's going to miss some time. Dave, what can you tell us? Yeah, that would be a huge blow, obviously, to the Packers defense, which is. Uh, in at cornerback, to say the least, after him. Uh, he got hurt tackling Najee Harris on a fourth down play, getting a fourth down stop in the fourth quarter, and injured his shoulder. And uh, initial report by Mike Garofalo said sprained AC joint, which that's probably best case scenario because that could be a pretty minor injury. But it seems like Matt LaFleur disputed that a bit when asked yesterday, saying they were going to get second, third looks at it and not ruling anything out as far as the timeline at this point, which to me is kind of ominous. If you don't like what you heard mm-hmm. from the first guy, you get a second and third opinion usually. So obviously big concern uh, for the Packers defense that it's not long-term because they're already dealing with maybe their other best defensive players, Darius Smith, maybe being lost for the season. Mm-hmm. You know, they're playing without their two best offensive linemen. You could argue you know, four of their best eight players are out right now, and a couple of them might be out long-term, and that's, concerning in a last dance type of season when 
you want injury luck to go your way if you're taking one last stab at things here. Three cornerbacks is all they had left as the uh, game progressed against Pittsburgh. Now, Steelers couldn't take advantage because Ben Roethlisberger is a corpse back there. But <laughs> going forward, any guys that are on the practice squad, free agents hanging out there, we just saw Richard Sherman get signed by Tampa last week. Any names that bounce to mind there at the cornerback spot? You know, just following the Packers as long as I have. I, I don't even do that anymore because they just so rarely go that route at, at finding a Richard Sherman off the street and, yeah. and putting him out there. Um, you know, they're going to probably look at the young guys they have. You know, they traded Josh Jackson in the offseason mm-hmm. for Isaac Yadam. He ended up playing a good amount on Sunday, and I'm sure they're going to count on him. Um, you know, Chad and Sullivan, their slot corner, probably will be tested on the outside. And I wouldn't be surprised if safety Darnell Savage is looked at as kind of a slot corner in certain matchups. They brought a safety or two in for a tryout yesterday, uh, leading me to think that they might be looking to add a safety if they're going to move uh, Savage short-term into the cornerback spot. But they drafted a kid um, from Appalachian State that they really like, although I don't think they really want to throw him out there yet. Um, my hunch is they'll stay internal, but I certainly would love them to, to look around and see if even a trade might be worth looking at. If Jair is out long-term and you're all in this year, yeah. it seems to me you got to try to find a guy. And my guess would be trade versus somebody out there on the street. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. This is, uh, as you, your term, all in this year uh, with the uncertainty of number 12 uh, go, going forward. So, uh, Randall Cobb, he was a guy that uh, Aaron Rodgers wanted back on this roster. He hadn't been productive, necessarily. Uh, not that he's, you know, um, he's caught a couple of balls, but nowhere near the impact on the football game uh, in his first uh, three games as in his return to Green Bay. What was it this week that made him such a big part of the offense I think just getting snaps you know I went to game two in Detroit was really watching Cobb on the sideline and he didn't get out there for more than you know a dozen snaps or so and I don't know if they were working him in slowly or looking at matchups but really the story of the first three weeks it was the Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams show and nobody else was even really getting a sniff and then this past Sunday it really was Randall Cobb and A.J. Dillon who stepped up so it was kind of nice to see this team start to use a lot of the other options they have on offense. And, you know, Cobb and, and Rodgers have a, you know, kind of a telepathy, and they're really good together. They've been around a long time. And I think uh, getting comfortable in the offense, finding matchups, uh, and finally realizing that, you know, if teams are going to try to take Devontae Adams away and Marquez Valdez-Scantling's out, if you can't really loosen up the, the defense by running a fast guy down the field, you're going to have to count on some of your quick hits and some of your inside guys. And, he did miss Tanya a couple times, or he would have had a bigger day. But, man, having Cobb back and the, the nuance he has with his route running and knowing how to get open for Rodgers, uh, he won't be an every week kind of a star like that, but he's become a real third-down option. Four of his five catches were third-down conversions. Obviously, two were touchdowns. Uh, just nice to have a security blanket for Rodgers getting more and more comfortable in this offense. Cincinnati this week, the Bengals are 3-1. and one. They have a little extra time to prepare after playing Thursday last week. What concerns you most when you look at the Cincinnati team? Well, I think the injured cornerbacks, this is not the team you want to face when you're thin at corner. Yeah. <laughs> Green Bay's got the Bears in Washington the next two weeks, and I think you know that's certainly not the firepower you're going to face with Cincinnati. I haven't heard yet about T. Higgins' availability, but you know having Jair out there to deal with Jamar Chase would have been really nice. So I'm concerned about the passing game. Uh, the Packers' pass rush is... 
not been terrific, uh, you know, certainly in spots, but not as uh, what you want to see throughout the game. And I worry about Burrow having time and the corners not being able to keep up. I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the offense is going to have to carry the thing this week in Cincinnati, but it's certainly a game Green Bay expects to win. Bengals do get that sort of mini-buy having played the previous Thursday night, so they've had some time to heal up and prepare for Green Bay. gives them a bit of an edge, uh, but it's a big game. Uh, these next three weeks are big. They're expected to win these three because then you go to Arizona on a Thursday night, and then Arrowhead the following week, and those are really, really tough road tests. they got to build up some Ws try to find a way to get to 6-1 and one before the schedule really gets tough. Uh, do you think the way that uh, CBS handled the um, the end of the overtime game with Tennessee and the Jets, keeping the, the nation, uh, quite honestly, from getting to the Packers uh, and the Steelers, two marquee franchises? Now, admittedly, I was on Broncos and Ravens, so I didn't know what was going on. When did they finally get to it? I mean, it had to be, what, uh, a quarter, a quarter, you missed almost a quarter is what I read. Do you think that this might change some things, how this is handled going forward as far as, you know, keep the home markets with the overtime game, but get the rest of the country to the game that they've tuned in to watch. What about that? I just, I feel like it had to be a mistake. I've never seen it done before. It's not like it was a big game. It's a noon game among two losing teams. I mean, granted, one of them's New York and maybe some, executive in New York decided that everybody had to watch the Jets, but it's never done that way. You never go national because one early game is in overtime. And yeah, we, we missed the entire first quarter. Wow. Now for those of us that have red zone, they occasionally went to the game oh, sure. when a team was marching and we got to see a little bit, but for the most part, we missed the first quarter. And I, I have to think it was an error. I haven't heard the reasoning. Maybe they had a, a reason in their minds that it made sense, but to take the whole country's three o'clock games, off the board to watch two losing teams play an overtime session. It just, it makes no sense. And uh, yeah, it was very frustrating, beyond frustrating. In this day and age, the money we all spend uh, to watch these games, to, to not watch your local team, it just, it, it blows my mind. Yeah, it was uh, quite a big talker yesterday, no doubt about it. Dave Sinek at theheadcheese.com, theheadcheese.com. Uh, you can listen to Dave uh, talk Packers every Sunday on KFAN, or you can uh, get the game, get the podcast, get the broadcast on the uh, iHeart app uh, at your convenience. Dave Sinek, thank you, Dave. We will talk to you after the Cincinnati game and in advance of what? Didn't you say Bears are next or Washington? Uh, Bears at Soldier Field next week. Good stuff. I did see, looking forward to the schedule, back-to-back roadies, Arizona and the Chiefs <laughs> coming That's up. Rough. Yeah, That's rough. Indeed it is. Thank you, Dave. Have a great week. You too, guys. Take care. Yeah, appreciate it. Dave Seneca, theheadcheese.com. Were you aware of that, that they uh, kept across the country? I did, yeah, because I flipped over there just to kind of see, and why are they staying with this game? Yeah. Now, I know that, see, I think they've been doing that recently. Because I remember coming in pissed off that they didn't get to the Broncos because of an sure. overtime game. Yeah. That not necessarily. So if KCCI is showing a game mm-hmm. and their game ends, mm-hmm. they pick up the the other AFC game and they stuck with it until its entirety, until right. it was over. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't make business sense. But I don't think that's a KCCI call or anything no, like that. No, I don't. No, no, no. I'm not being critical that's, of them. That's a CBS call. Right. But the worst part is, at least that this used to be the case, even if you have DirecTV, mm-hmm. the Sunday ticket, it's blacked out. Right. I'm waiting for that local to go. And, and it, then once the game ends, they got to play all the commercials. Right. 
before they finally get you to your game. If I was a Packer fan or Steelers fan, I'd have been apoplectic. That was, I mean, two marquee franchises. Listen on the radio. Radio is still good. I'm spoken like a true play-by-play radio guy. Miller and Condon back with Nick Athen on the Chiefs, who found the winning formula this week. Boy, they got a big, or last week, they got a big one this week. Bills, Chiefs. Nick Athen next. 1460 KXNO, 106. 100 bets off. Kicks and 0106.3 FM. Let's get right to Nick Athen. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. Well, when the schedule came out, we looked at these five games and thought that there's certainly a bunch against playoff contenders uh, with the Browns, the Ravens, the Chargers. They all look like that. Not sure the Eagles do, but here come the Bills before the schedule maybe gets a little bit of a breather. Uh, let's recap the Eagles before we take a look at Sunday Night Football. What went right in that football game, Nick? And on the other side, what still concerns you about this Chiefs team who evened up their record at 2-2? Two and two? Well, I think what went right was the defense gave up field goals instead of touchdowns, which in my book is a win. Um, you know, I think that started to happen. Now, some of those uh, uh, field goals were a result of penalties by the Eagles, but hey, I don't care how it happens. Um, and I think Patrick Mahomes just said, okay, I'm basically going to have to score on every possession, which is basically what he did. He was brilliant. He put the team on his shoulder. And, you know, there were times in, uh, in that game on the sidelines, you could tell Mahomes was pretty upset that his defense just wilted and let the Eagles score a touchdown right after he did. So I think, uh, I, I think they have a lot to correct. Um, you know, if Frank Clark ever shows up and is half the player he was during their Super Bowl winning season, you know, I think they'll be okay. If we can get Thornhill on the field, uh, you know, put Sorensen on the bench, um, you know, I think that will help. Um, but defensively, this team is woeful. I mean, the Bills are going to put up 45 points, if not 50, against this defense, mm-hmm. and the Chiefs are going to have to outscore him. Um, so there's definitely some things to fix. You know, getting Willie Gay Jr. back will help. That'll give him some speed at linebacker. You know, that'll probably put Ben Neiman in different situations, which I think will help him. Though he did play a great game last week, and I got to give him props. I've been pretty hard on him. Um, so at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't see the score being in the 40s uh, or, or in the 30s. It's going to be in the 40s for sure. And uh, I think the team that gets the ball last is going to win. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, back-to-back 100-yard <laughs> efforts. And with that, didn't put the ball on the ground this week. What are you seeing out of the Chiefs yeah. running back? Well, you know, that offensive line is, is clearly better at run blocking right now than they are at pass protection, especially at the tackle position. You know, both tackles are struggling in protecting the quarterback. Uh, but what I loved about, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire this week is that he used his vision. He saw some holes. He cut back. He was patient. He didn't run into the back of his offensive lineman like he'd done the first couple of weeks. The last two weeks, he's done a much better job of, of you know, looking up, um, looking around him, uh, seeing where his blocks are. Um, I thought he was terrific. If he plays like that every single week and catches maybe a few more passes, um, I think they're going to be in great shape with him. They just have to – he just has to kind of – understand and also he's learning you know he's learning this offensive line if he can read the holes that are going to be there with this offensive line um you know he's going to have the ability to get 100 yards every game 
Nick, uh, from what you've seen so far, and they've played some real, um, real good competition. I mean, Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, may come out of the of the North. If it's not them, it will be the Ravens. That they've played them, as we know, in Week Number Two, didn't go their way. Chargers look as though they are going to be a major, major pain in the butt. Yep. And here come the Bills. So, if you were to sit here today in advance, and this is probably a better question for next week, but who's the right. best team you've seen so far uh, in the AFC? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think everybody wants to say Buffalo, but they beat three really bad quarterbacks in a row and somehow lost to the Steelers with a bad quarterback in Roethlisberger. So I can't, I can't really say they're the best team in football. I think the Cardinals are the best team in football right now. Offense, defense, special teams, I think they're put together very well. Um, but as far as the AFC goes, I mean, you'd have to put Buffalo up there. You know, maybe Cleveland number two. Um, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City are going to be in that top four. But what I also find very interesting is that if you look at the Chiefs in the games that they played, all those teams put out their best. They threw everything at this football team. There was nothing they saved. There was nothing they didn't try to do. They went for it on fourth down. They were overly aggressive. And that is really the only way you're going to beat the Chiefs is if you're overly aggressive and you throw everything at them. And so I think, you know, in this game coming up, I think the, the Chiefs are going to have a hard time you know, getting to the quarterback, which is bad news because that secondary, you know, just hasn't played well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, that they're just going to have to to grind it out. And this is going to be the 2021 know, season. These are going to be grind games, every single one of them. And right now, if the Chiefs want to be considered the best, they're not even in the top ten in some places. They have to beat the Bills on Sunday night. I think I know the answer to this one, but of the three – Three and one teams in the West. Who concerns you most amongst the Raiders, Broncos, and Chargers? <laughs> I know who well, the least the is. Char- the, the Chargers do for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's no question that they're a good football team. But you know, they've got some issues too. I mean they 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 couldn't stop the Chiefs. You know, and and had they had one less turnover, the Chiefs probably win that football game. So I can't sit here and say that I'm as concerned about them. Even you know, in the Raiders game last night, they played really well. They got out to that 21 nothing. You know, lead, but the Raiders. The Raiders went to the old. They were the old team. I don't know what happened to them in a week. Maybe they read too many of the press clippings or something like that. You know, Denver. You know, bad lucky quarterback. I mean, that's just a terrible thing to have happen. And that was that was going to be a tough a tough game to win. But the Chargers for sure. But you know, I'm not going to count out the Raiders either. Um, I just think that if they can just get out of their own way, um, they could be a real sword in the AFC West. And and uh, you know, no team's going to go five and one. In the AFC West, it's going to be four and two, mm-hmm. um, at least at a minimum, because I think these teams are going to beat each other up. But to answer your question, definitely the Chargers. Mm. Yeah, I think Denver falls to the bottom ultimately because I'm sold on this Raiders defense. I think Carr's playing yep. very well. I like the Chargers. I like their coach. I love their quarterback. I like their running back a lot. And the Chiefs are the Chiefs. It's going to be fascinating to watch how this plays out. So yep. what's the key to the football game on Sunday night? We'll get you out of here on this. I mean, I know you're worried about the defense for Kansas City. You think that there's going to be a lot of points scored in this football game. Do the Bills have a, a chance to shut down Kansas City? I mean, we're seeing Mahomes throw underhand, for crying out loud, and still get the uh, still get yeah. the score. What, what, what's... Uh, Give me, give me how this game plays out, Nick. I think the secret weapon of, of, of Josh Gordon is going to be a big, a big issue in this game if he plays, and my understanding is that he will. Um, they're going to have to account for him, even if he's a decoy. I mean, you know, look at Sammy Watkins' career in Kansas City. For three years, he was a decoy. And when he had to make plays, he stepped up, and he was always single coverage. 
Um, so for Mahomes, it's going to be the mentality. We're scoring touchdowns every drive. That's it. End of story. There's no punting. There's no field goals. Whatever it takes for four downs, whatever's necessary. And for the Bills, they have to kind of hope that they can, you know, create some field goals and they can make one stop or two stops. I think the defense that makes two stops is probably going to win this football game. Um, I think that's what, what it's going to take. But offensively, I don't see any team in the NFL that's going to stop the Chiefs, especially oh, yeah. if Gordon steps up and plays and you put Hardman in the slot. I mean, think about that. Kelsey, Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Gordon, and, you know, McCole Hardman, all five of those guys out on the field at the same time. Mm. You can't double-team everybody, and that's going to create a huge advantage with an improved offensive line. I'm telling you, this offense has not even touched the surface of what it could be. And if that offensive line learns how to pass block better, especially around the tackles, there's not a team that's going to stop the Chiefs. And you're going to see more teams play four downs, you know, to try and get touched. I agree. And go, and go for it. I mean, that's the only way. And two teams have proven that's the way to do it so far. Nick Athen, PrimetimeSportsTalk.com. Nick, we'll talk to you next Tuesday and recap uh, what might turn out to be the game of the week, Sunday Night Football, Bills at Kansas City. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good to you. talk to you. Hour two, Trent and I will begin the hour talking baseball with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Head to Las Vegas and talk to Mike Palm from Circa at 1130. 14-6.